0: Hello and welcome to In the Spotlight with Quo Circa, the definitive podcast on digital disruption in the print industry. My name is Lorela Fernandes and today I'm joined by Christoph Hammer, Senior Vice President of Cloud Services at FinPrint. Today we'll be discussing cloud printing in a virtual desktop environment and learning more about uh, the easy product strategy and vision. So welcome Christoph. it's great to have you on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, welcome. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Really excited. I'm a big fan of CoSirker's reports and yeah, glad for the opportunity to have a discussion with you.
0: Can you uh, maybe start off by telling us a bit about yourself? You know, obviously Easy is um, a subsidiary of ThinPrint, so it'd be great to hear about um, the company and the, the company history in, in printing
1: yeah absolutely so about myself um i, w- I was actually born and, and raised in, in germany but when i was 20 20 something years old i moved to colorado here um enjoying the nice weather in the snowy mountains um and about five years ago, I had the opportunity to lead um, ThinPrint's cloud printing efforts um, with EZ Best of flagship product. And I'm now the Senior Vice President for Cloud Services at ThinPrint, um, which is the manufacturer, the developer of, of Easy, of that service. And yeah, since you asked about the history of ThinPrint and Easy a little bit as well, um, for, for such a young product or service, it is actually a quite interesting history. Um thinprint was founded about twenty twenty-two years ago, so nineteen ninety-nine. And the focus back then was clearly we have we have users that are using remote desktops that was back then it was Citrix Metaframe or it was like an early version of Windows Terminal Services on NT4 or NT2 Windows 2000 basis and the problem was back then not that you printed with the cloud across the world the problem was well my my, actual my desktop my servers where I'm working on is a couple miles away like 10 miles 20 miles away but my printer obviously is right next to my desk so how can I work on that remote desktop but still print to my printer here so that was the start of ThinPrint in 1999 and it was really really successful and since then we have been adding features constantly new new uh, into the portfolio and then in 2010 um, ThinPrint decided okay let's also add some real cloud printing to our portfolio and back then it was ThinPrint Cloud Printer and it was a very simple way where you could basically print from any device from anyone in this world to your printer at home so it was designed as a free service for personal use it's still running i'm talking the past year but it's still a service that we're offering um, or you use it in a commercial um, setting as well to print to a co-worker or print certain elements to maybe a warehouse, a very simplified way. And the focus was efficiency, it was speed, it was the flexibility. Easy was founded around the same time, so also in 2010. So maybe there was something in the air back then, um, also founded in Germany, in Berlin. But they were focusing with a relatively small team on the management side of printing. So they were focusing on sending jobs through a cloud service, but allowing print quotas, um, enforcing quotas, limits, pages per users, per day, per week, per month. Um, They wanted to provide an interface for billing, uh, for reporting, et cetera. So more, more the management side, while Cloud Printer was purely the efficiency side. And their focus was on shared workspaces and co-working. And back then, shared workspaces and co-working, yes, they existed, but it was more like the regis, it was more like the managed office, not the uh, co-working that we see here um, these days, which back then was already a growing market, but right now, obviously it's exploding. Um, at least that's, that's what everybody expects there. Um, in 2015, unfortunately, so about five years later, they, they ran out of funding and Easy as a company, they, they went bust, they declared bankruptcy, um, company was dissolved and Thimprint decided to basically enhance their cloud printing um, portfolio by adding these Easy features and combining them with the Thinprint Cloud Printer. So we uh, founded a company in the US called Thinprint Cloud Services. We purchased the, the assets and the brands of, of Easy, and then I was tasked to basically make this back, uh, get, get this back to work, make a business out of it again. And it's interesting probably for, for, for many people that don't really think about that. When a I don't know, manufacturing company goes bust, they don't produce anything anymore. There are no products, there's no sale, the customers notice. When a service company goes bust, nothing happens immediately one after after the other of your vendors stop providing service because they're not getting paid so at some point maybe a part of the front end goes down or maybe part of the connectivity goes down and eventually of course there's enough that wasn't paid that the service just shuts down. Um, but customers, for example, they kept printing um, for months after the company didn't exist anymore. They just didn't get any invoices, which they probably appreciated. Um, so one of the first step was get all of that back to work and, and, and get the uh, security updates done that haven't been done in like six months, eight months. And so, so in 2016, we were back online and we were trying to win back customers, find new customers and our core market with easy that were um, education and shared workspace or coworking. And as I said earlier, the plan was and plan is to combine the efficiency and the speed of, of the ThinPrint print technology with the management features of Easy, and enhance them by adding pull printing, RFID release printing, um, printing API so you can really be flexible and integrate with other tools, user management, and, and then many more. And So that was the plan, but in a dynamic environment, like like software, like services, you cannot just stick to the plan and things change. And in, I would say 2016, 2017, we were approached by somebody from Microsoft at one of those large trade conferences. I'm not sure if it was in San Francisco or Las Vegas. And they said, "Look, we've got a secret. Uh, we can't talk about this, but we'd like to talk about it. Would you like to talk about this?" And we're like, I'm "Sure. We don't know what this is about, but if Microsoft says you want to talk, then we talk." So part of our executive team flew to Redmond, I believe it was, um, to listen to what they are going to do. And they were saying, say, "Look, we're building this desktop as a service offering as part of the Microsoft Azure services." And we'll be a little while to be ready with that, but we expect there will be some shortcomings in regard to print scenarios that we can cover. And we're looking for launch partners. that want to do that with us. And I would say there are very few companies on this planet that when Microsoft calls, they say, eh, We'll set this one out so we're definitely not in a position <laughs> we weren't back there either But we say okay interesting let's see what this is so we said okay they want to play with us this is a great opportunity so let's let's do something about that so we had some deliberations and came up with three conclusions one is a desktop as a service platform is best served by a software as a service platform for printing instead of doing on-premise and server installation things like that so it must be a software as a service. So easy will be the product from within the ThinPrint product line that will be paired with that Windows virtual desktop offering for Microsoft. Um, this opportunity is more of a strategic importance to us. It's not just like a one-off, let's just see what happens. Um, so we will invest a lot of resources into that. So we will bring Easy back into the mothership. So instead of having it running as part of that ThinPrint cloud services, we bring it back into the mothership ThinPrint um, and run it there as a separate dedicated product line of cloud services. So it doesn't um, mix with our on-premise uh, product line It's a separate line but within the same company. And we also decided we will not keep using the roughly nine, maybe ten-year-old backbone infrastructure of Easy because, yeah, I said when, when it was founded in 2010 and went live maybe 2012, 2013. Um, when you now talk about 2016, 17, um, it is kind of old when it comes to technology. So we said we build, and create a new modern printing infrastructure from scratch. Based on Azure AD, so it can better align with the desktop as a service platform for Microsoft. So and this is where we're right now. So we have this um, brand new ultra, ultra modern architecture that's built on the latest know-how on technologies for cloud services. We have the print speed efficiency and experience of Thinprint in it. And we also have the enhancements that come with management, with reporting, with the interoperability, um, and those benefits that Easy provided over the last 10 years. And we put that together, and that's basically our easy product line at the moment.
0: Okay, so you've really taken advantage of the partnership with Microsoft and the um, original product to almost bring together the best of two, two worlds in terms of printing capabilities. And I know um, Easy, I think, translates to easy printing. So, uh, and in the market at the moment, in, in the cloud printing market, we've got lots of different products and all claiming to be the true cloud printing solution. And, you know, I've obviously spoken to a lot of different vendors in this podcast and yeah, I'm just curious as to how does easy define true cloud printing and what makes it different to some of the other vendors on, on the market?
1: Yeah, for, for, for us, I think it's, it's in the word cloud and printing. So for me, that means the print job actually goes through the cloud. Now, Nothing bad to say about cloud managed printing or cloud print management um, or these kind of things or or mobile printing in many cases are considered cloud printing, that's all fine. But for easy cloud printing really means that we are sending the print job through the cloud on top of the management, on top of the authentication and verification and um, all the other features and benefits that we provide. The main difference of going through the cloud with your print job, the main benefit is you're independent from the location. And I think there's a lot of companies out there, just to give you one example, um, that looking into um, zero trust networking. Um, There's about, I think about 60% of companies in the US, um, the numbers in Europe are a little bit lower, um, are looking into an initiative right now to secure the network by using zero trust principles. And zero trust means a device, I mean, part of it means a device on my network cannot talk to another device on that network. So if I'm sitting here at my desktop in an uh, an office, for example, my printer's right next to me, there's a router they're both plugged into the same router. I still couldn't print to that printer. And the reason is there is no local network in that zero trust concept. Um, Now, a cloud printing solution doesn't really have a problem with that because both devices can connect to the cloud, can connect to the internet, and print jobs can be delivered. Or another example that we see quite a bit right now is the ability to print from one location to a different location. So we have customers um, that uh, basically have a portfolio, they have an online website, more or less a web store, so to say, um, for parts, um, car parts or or, or building parts. And they want to print whenever somebody orders, they want to print the packaging slip or they want to print the actual order to warehouses across the country. And again, a cloud print solution can do that because you don't need a VPN, you don't need to know where that printer is, you don't need to need an IP address of that. Um, And then... Third example is, again, this Windows Virtual Desktop or desktop as a service. Somewhere on this planet runs your desktop. You don't usually know where it is. It might be in Ireland. It might be somewhere in the United States or it might be in Hong Kong. Um, you connect to that desktop and you need to print. Only when the job actually makes it through the cloud can you serve these kind of customers. And that's where I think is a strong point of cloud printing. Um, again, nothing bad about uh, cloud managed printing or about cloud print management. Um, these are all interesting markets um, that we also serve to some degree. Um, but our focus really is these scenarios where the job is sent through the cloud to provide the maximum flexibility for customers.
0: Okay, so does that mean that the print job is actually rendered in the cloud specifically? So there's no um, are there any security implications around that or is that how you know the easy approach is that the, the job is sent to the cloud and the, the actual print job is rendered in the cloud as well?
1: Yeah, it's interesting when we talk about um, cloud printing in general, it goes very quickly to the driver issue. It sounds almost like if there were no drivers, then <laughs> we wouldn't really need uh, much of these technologies. And yeah, it is, it is a big, big challenge um, deploying drivers to hundreds or thousands of users, um, especially if you don't have a printer fleet that consists only of one manufacturer. If it's more like a grown legacy fleet where you have like 10, 20 different models, maybe 30 models. Um mm-hmm. We host about 3,000 plus drivers, between three and 4,000 drivers in our cloud. So they're running in the easy cloud. Uh, We are maintaining them there. We make sure they're up to date. We're adding drivers constantly to it, uh, almost on a weekly cycle based on requests from customers. Um, And the need for that is so that we don't need to deploy these drivers onto print servers or onto Windows desktops or onto Mac devices um, and really allow support for all printers from those large a0 plotters that print architectural drawings, all the way to those small label printers that print shipping slips, for example. So all of these can be served with uh, printer drivers that are running in the cloud. And that also allows us to get rid of print servers and not require this kind of hardware, um, which seems to be a very strong point when somebody's looking for cloud printing at this point.
0: Yeah, so it's very much the kind of serverless and driverless approach um, okay. to printing, which we're, we're seeing more adoption, you know, just over, over the last year or so and, you know, definitely more momentum going towards that kind of um, approach. Um, you just wanted to talk a bit about what kind of trends you've seen in terms of your customers wanting to move, make that shift to the cloud print environment. Have you seen that they are trying to overcome any specific challenges around their on-prem environment and also how are you supporting them manage the home printing environment which I think is also becoming quite key going forward
1: yeah home printing is 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 an exciting new new area for for us and I guess for the market in general there have always been people printing from home obviously so that part is not so new um but last year where we had everybody who could work from home, working from home, and their they estimates are up to 85% of the workforce have been working from home. Um, that becomes a, a security challenge and a productivity challenge, I would say. One is, again, how do I actually get to that printer and how can I print on that printer? And the other one is how can I do it securely? Um, I believe Kosoca released a report earlier this year. I mean, it was late last year about home office printing or home office use of printers. And uh, it basically stated that quite a few companies either purchase printers for their home of employees or they just bought their own uh, printers to get their job done. So there's a lot of low-end printers I would say as not well the fancy that can do everything. So more low-end uh, relatively cheap printers that have been distributed um, throughout the workforce now. And companies are struggling getting these printers now into a managed print scenario so they can keep doing their auditing. So they know, okay, this user printed these kind of documents or just for cost control um, or just for having the existing security still in place while printing. Um, a very common scenario is when you, when you work from home, um, you use your own computer because not everybody got a laptop all of a sudden, many did, not everybody. Now to get to your work resources, you have to start a VPN, very common, especially when you're in a regulated industry, for example, uh, banking or some form of financing. Um, so now when the VPN is on, it is a common security requirement based on the common security framework standards that other devices on your local network are not allowed to communicate with that computer while the VPN is on. So the VPN shuts down all network connectivity and some of them even shut down USB connectivity. Now great, you got the printer at home, you got your PC at home or your Mac at home, but you can't connect these two while you're working because they're not allowed to talk to each other. How do you overcome that? Or another scenario, The company actually gave you a laptop. It is fully managed, locked down, you can't do anything. You log in with your three, four, five factor authentication and then you can actually go to work resources and work. Now, even if the local network is not blocked off, you could still not print because again, the the topic drivers comes up. If every one of these home employees has a different printer and you got a thousand employees, then a thousand help desk calls have to install a thousand printers on a thousand individual laptops. It just doesn't scale very well. So how do you actually get these people to print efficiently without sending a new printer to everybody, which happens to be the same model and you can ins- pre-install the driver and these kind of things on these images for these laptops. So those are just two, two examples while home office printing is a challenge for companies. Um, and again, cloud printing is, is a great way to overcome these. Usually the network is not the restricting portion. So the user can print to a cloud. That's not a big deal. Um, so sending a job with a generic printer object, generic driver into the cloud. We do the rendering in the cloud and then we're sending it to the printer. Um, It's a very elegant way that you can overcome these security limitations, so to say restrictions, without actually breaking them, without punching holes in firewalls or making exceptions. And to make that work, we have the easy hub, a small appliance um, that you can ship to your users at home. They can be managed through the cloud, um, ship them at home. They plug it in, the hub scans the network for printers reports them back to your easy platform. And then the administrator of the organization can simply secret this printer belongs to that user. I, com- I connect these two, and then this user can just print to that printer. That the traffic goes through the cloud, the user doesn't care about. What's important is they hit print on their secure desktop and the job comes out on their printer. So that's just one example that is a new scenario that, that came up um, I don't know, the last 10 months, I would say, it took a little while for p- companies to realize that they have to worry about printing with Home Office. But it's probably been 10, 10 maybe 12 months where this came up. Um, but we also have customers in, in a more <laughs> almost traditional um, scenarios. Um, sorry, I can't really give, give the names. I mean, obviously, they are they, they they value their privacy as well. Um, but we, we have a, a, a global education institution, some some private university, um, and it's more like for, for for adults. I mean, most universities are for adults, obviously technically adults, but this is more for like, okay, I already have a job, I want to learn more. Um, and they won't allow their students to print at the campuses. And since they're also educating management and really higher experienced employees. Um, they don't really say you have to be at this campus or you're signed in at this campus. You basically pay a lot of money and you can use these campuses, wherever you are. So they need to find a way to print independently of knowing where the student actually is um, to the printers that are around them. Uh, it was not so much about paying for printing. I mean, apparently they're well-funded or funded enough, but they wanted to enforce some kind of fair use quota so that somebody doesn't print like 10,000 pages a month. So they want to put some quota in there. Um, So that's just one one example. So education, flexibility from where the user is not even knowing where the user is. User can pick any printer dynamically automatically, but still being forced to only print a certain amount of pages per month or per per week. Um, We, have a very interesting company that I'm working with at the moment is from a technology background and they're actually employing these zero trust networks where the user cannot get to the printer directly. And we we have basically replaced the Google Cloud Print there. Before that, Google Cloud Print was that cloud delivery solution. Since they stopped that service at the end of the year and they're really shutting it off or shut it off here a couple months ago. Um, there was nothing left for them. So we combined the cloud rendering with the easy hub and allowed them to print to their printers in that zero trust network environment um, without having any connectivity directly between the device and this printer. So these these are the, the kind of, of, of scenarios that, that we come across that are not, I would say, not the standard. Um, I hit the print button here and it comes out there. Um, I like companies that have these little kind of challenges because some of them, at least, I think showing trends, um, showing trends where the market is going and where the technology is going. And that's why these kind of customers, I think, represent a new group of customers.
0: Yes, and I think the the pandemic, has really created a new need for these kind of capabilities because of remote working. And it's interesting that you're taking that kind of appliance approach with EZPUP um, in terms of enabling companies to support home printing. And I think it's really important because like you say, most um, home employees will be using different devices. And so an organization has to, to manage a mix of different brands and devices. And that's probably one way to, to have like an almost vendor agnostic approach to um, supporting their employees regardless of what device they're using and I think again you know with zero trust as well that's all part of the fact that that remote landscape is you know creating more threats as well so um, yeah, it's great to hear those examples and I think we'll probably hear a lot more of those as even if the offices return um, start reopening there will still be you know, a huge amount of people still working from home so there's that real need to manage that hybrid Um, work environment so I just wanted to to shift um, gears a bit in terms of asking you around where you see the challenges for the channel in particular we're hearing a lot about um, not only the traditional print channel needing to adapt to um, really have these conversations about cloud with their customers but also the um, IT service providers the MSPs as well and I'm just curious as to what your views are on on that particular um, challenges and opportunities there.
1: The pandemic obviously accelerated some of the challenges. I I think they they were there before and the print channel or the the print business um, is well aware of these challenges. Um, There's a lot of things going on with printing at the same time right now, and has been going on for let's say five years, maybe 10 years, so for relatively recent uh, past. Um, For me, the most important one is that the significance of printing is being scrutinized by businesses. What's the difference between printing like a hundred thousand pages and then ten thousand pages in regards to cost? Yep, you can probably lease cheaper printers, lower end printers that don't have that kind of volume capacity. Um if your employees are not too rebellious, you might be able to reduce the number of printers. But whether the whether you have business crucial processes that involve printing on, a oh, let's say, 24 seven basis, or you offer printing almost as a convenience to your employees, they can still print if they need to, but there's no real process that insists on doing that. You still need the printer. You still need the driver. You still need to manage the software. You need to deploy these queues. You need security controls, help us support. And in most cases, you still cannot say, okay, only these 10 people can print. Usually you still have to provide that to everybody. So more often you're being asked now, is that cost really necessary, right? If it's business crucial and hundred thousand pages a month, there's not as many questions like, we kind of need that. Okay. The cost is justified. Now it's more like, well, do we really need that for only 50,000 pages or if it's not business crucial? Um, so the pressure on cost I think is higher than, than it, than it used to be. Who is actually printing a lot? Um, do we need these print servers? Can we get rid of this? Can we save here? Um, are there easier ways to do that? And that's, I think one, one reason is why the work group printers are growing while the actual large desk size uh, floor printers um, are not growing as much because they're more expensive for a more flexible, um, lowered um, throughput. And the other part that's happening, step number two is we have a lot of centralization happening. I mean, many call this digitalization. Uh, more and more work tools and information are not on the devices of the users. So this printing from my desktop to my printer is almost not happening anymore. Printing is still local, but work tools, information apps, they're running centrally. So a lot of thought is put into how to put these central services together with the local printers. How do you do that? How do you overcome network limitations, security limitations, performance limitations, um, availability, all these kind of things. Now, the third thing that's happening right now is consumerization. And that works. I mean, the gut feeling is it works against centralization. Now you want to centralize things, but the user, the consumer, all of a sudden has some say in that. Um, if you got a hundred users with one printer, one operating system, you deploy the printer, you have tools. There are plenty of tools, scripts that you can write to just make this work. But now we're having thousand users, thousand one hundred printers, and four operating systems. Right. We got iOS, Android, uh, Mac, we got Windows, Chromebooks, and um, that could be used at home by anybody if they can pick their own device. Um, they can print to their own printer at home, they can print to a printer in the company, everybody at home has their own printer. So consumerization means they pick their own stuff and IT or the company is kind of expected to make that work. And the challenge here is how do we provide that in a scalable way that we can actually support that? I give you the example earlier with the home printing, a thousand users with a thousand printers means a thousand support calls. Um, So that's basically the, 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 the third part that's happening right now, the consumerization. And then the last one here in this context, that's the relatively new one is the decentralization of workplaces. And that's a huge say, security challenge. And I really en- enjoyed the um, the video that HP brought out here a couple of weeks ago, The Wolf, they did that four years ago, where they basically illustrate the security problems that come through printing, if you don't use HP, of course, in their example. And now they kind of updated that or had another version of that with Christian Slater where they say, okay, home office. Here, yeah, These are easy ways we somebody could hack into your company through home offices. So decentralizing workplaces means there's a huge security challenge happening and printing is part of that security equation that has to be done because printers in the end can be used to get into your network and of course can be used to get information out of your network. So these four things together, I think, are the the key uh, challenges that businesses um, that work in and manage printing um, have to deal with at the moment. And this is just on top of justifying being a channel member in the first place, right? I mean, um, why would I even need a reseller if I can just go to Amazon and buy the stuff myself? Why as a vendor do I need to pay a margin to somebody if I could just sell directly to my customers? So I think the channel partners are under pressure from all directions at the moment. They probably have been under pressure all the time. I mean, that's part of being in this business, but these pressures are increasing from all directions. That's my opinion.
0: With the traditional MPS providers, although there are challenges, I think it also creates opportunities for them to have more in-depth engagements with their customers. So, you know, assessing their, their security environment, discussing the, you know, zero trust principles and how they can um, support that by moving to a cloud printing um, environment. So I think, although there are lots of challenges, I think they're also creating new opportunities and potentially for, for MPS providers to become more IT centric so that they can actually um, have those conversations with those customers. Um, yeah, because as you say that security uh, um, is a huge um, challenge now for the businesses and they're looking for their, um, their providers to be able to support them.
1: I absolutely agree. I can give you two two examples, two, two stories that I came across the last couple of years that really illustrate why having a service provider Offer a printing or improving printing or having more opportunities around printing is also a great opportunity these days if the service provider or the managed print provider has the flexibility to actually uh, react to these. Um, we had It's been maybe four or five years ago, we had a, a customer individual, it was not a company, it was a small company, a very small um, entity calling into our service team and they wanted to print. So we had a we have a feature there where you open your, your, your iPhone, um, it scans for printers and then you find the printer, find the name, click on it and then you can print to that printer. So no server involved, no driver involved. And so using a cloud rendering there as well. And that person called in and said, okay, I see my printer, I click on print and nothing prints out. And so the service team member, Alfredo was his name. Um, great, great guy. Um, he actually worked with him probably for half an hour. And then he determined, well, you are connected to the Wi-Fi of the suite next to your suite. So you're actually printing to the printer next door. And I was amazed that somebody could find that out. Um, They happen to have the same printer. He'd print all the time and it just didn't come out. But this user didn't know that. The user had no way of finding out that why would nothing print here? Or we had another example. We had a company um, from Ireland. I actually visited them. There was a conference. So I visited them. was... um, trying to, to offer them product. And they actually decided to purchase afterwards, great. Um, they signed up for, for a couple of users and there are two printers in their office. It was a relatively small building, like two or three floors only. Um, there are two printers and we made one printer work. They called in and said, well, this other printer just doesn't want to work with EZ. And, and um, uh, Ross in this case was working with them from our service team. And he worked them through, he looked for the printer, he installed tools to scan the printer and nothing. Then he asked a very important question, did that printer ever print? And they said, Hmm. no, not really. I think we never printed that one. Well, could you check if it's plugged in? And they looked and it's like, Nope, nobody ever plugged in this printer. We purchase this or we lease this, (laughs) we put it on the second floor, never did anything about it. Um, It took us less than a year after we started easy to offer managed account services because we realized these customers need these kind of services. They are just not um, technical. They don't know that. Obviously, they don't want to learn. They don't have the time to learn that. And they are willing to pay for a service that somebody else does that to reduce the complexity, um, reduce the the complications that come with printing, and just manage printing the same way that you would manage um, Office 365 these days, or that that you would manage maybe a network infrastructure, a firewall. They want somebody to take that over and do it for them so that they don't have to worry about it because they have a business to run. And that's why I fully agree. There's a lot of examples out there where a service provider or a managed print service provider can see new opportunities by including printing into the offering, absolutely.
0: I wanted to pick up actually on um, something else you said there about the consumerization. Of IT, I mean, obviously that's been going on for some time. But I think what um, we're seeing is a very interesting trend now: is the the change in the the B2B purchasing becoming more like a con- sort of consumer um, approach, um, particularly like you mentioned Amazon. And I know that um, EZ is on the um, Microsoft Azure marketplace. And I was just interested whether you're finding that that's creating new opportunities and um, creating. You know, conversations with different types of customers by being on that marketplace, and also if that's providing this kind of frictionless um, approach to purchasing your software as well, because we're seeing you know a big trend in that shift to cloud marketplaces in in general.
1: Yeah, I, I think marketplaces are are really important. Um, for once, the visibility, right? If if I'm if I'm let's say a, a channel partner. Um, I'm working with this vendor, let's say Microsoft Azure, Microsoft Azure Marketplace specifically, but there are many other marketplaces out there. Um, I probably look there first and say, well, let me type in print or let me type in printing or print management and see what solutions come out there. So that's the first aspect, visibility. And that's, yeah, these marketplaces are really valuable for, for, for that, for both directions. To start your research on one side as a, as a customer or as a, as a vendor, as a, as a partner channel, Uh, member or um, as the the vendor to target these kind of customers more directly. The other one, and that varies then based on what marketplace and what kind of integration and everybody does their own thing. So it's really a challenging aspect from a a software as a service perspective. And that's the billing. Microsoft offers as one feature of their marketplace. And I get the feeling it might be the only feature that Microsoft (laughs) partners actually get out of this um, is the billing is consolidated. So you can buy all these different services for all your customers as a channel partner. And then Microsoft sends you the invoice with the breakdown, okay, this customer created these costs, this customer created these costs. And then you can easily invoice them uh, more or less automatically. So that, that's, that, those are, I think, other big benefits uh, from these marketplaces, consolidated billing um, and having this one interface to start looking for all your solutions so that you don't have to Google and, and find contacts and best friends who might have an idea what might be out there. Um, whether this is now beneficial for the partner themselves, that is interesting, in my opinion. Um, Many of these channels and marketplaces offer a commission or offer some kind of either a cashback or um, a profit sharing, Um, but not all of them do. Um, Azure Marketplace, for example, for their normal partner levels, there's no commission, there's no cashback, they're doing it for free. If you buy the software for $2 from Microsoft, then... You, have, you, you can resell it for 250 if you're lucky, um, but Microsoft doesn't give you a discount or anything like that. Um, so what they're saying is the benefit really is that you have access to these tools, to these hundreds or thousands of solutions, and you can combine them with billable services that then actually provide additional value to your customers, because the customer could also just go directly there and buy them. So why, why would there be a need for a partner in between? And it kind of touches what I said earlier, the channel is under pressure from all directions at the moment.
0: These marketplaces have, you know, the real risk of um, disrupting the channel, not eliminating them completely, but unless they are able to offer integration services or professional services and be listed on those marketplaces as well, then um, I think that's what's going to be necessary for the channel not to be kind of removed from that kind of value chain completely. So that kind of leads on to, I had a question around whether you believe or how important do you think sort of print ecosystems are for both the, the OEMs and the ISVs on the channel? You know, at the moment, the industry is very proprietary in nature. You know, every OEM has got, you know, a different approach in the market and the ISVs. So, you know, what are your thoughts on having a more open ecosystem?
1: I mean, I, I think it's very important. I think that's, that's a clear statement um, <laughs> to 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 begin with. Um, let's take an a- example Um cities. I like to travel. I used to like to travel. It changed a little bit. Um, if I want to find the perfect city and I say, okay, Denver is perfect because there are mountains, there's always sun. And I say, well, but there's no public transportation. Say London, great. There's a lot of history. Um, there's uh, lots of old building, lots of architecture, lots of culture. Um, great infrastructure as well, but there's no beach. I need a beach. I need to go skiing, no mountains either. And then I say, well, Tokyo, there's a beach, there's mountains nearby, the great infrastructure. Well, I don't like so many people. So you have, when you say, what is the best of something? You have different opinion because you have different priorities and customers always should want the best of breed of everything. Um, They should want the best print solution. They should want the best CRM solution. They should want the best um, ERP solution, marketing automation, whatever it is. So when it comes to printing now, customers could just buy a printer at Best Buy or go to some retail store and say here, I need a low end Lexmark printer and that's it. But if you're a more sophisticated customer and you understand that printing is part of a workflow and this workflow has to be managed, this workflow has to be integrated into existing workflows, you need to buy these bridges. So the best printer that you can find should work with the best reporting system. And that reporting system better works with your accounting system and the accounting system better works with the CRM system. And that's how you automatically build these bridges between these islands. Um, If you only want to be in a city that has always sun and always mountains, then Denver is perfect. But it is not just that simple. You need these bridges between these islands. And that's where these ecosystems uh, come around. Uh, come, come around. Um, simple example for, for, for printing, very simple example of an ecosystem. I only have iOS devices at home or in my company. I need to buy a printer. So I need a printer that supports AirPrint. That's a very logical decision to build this bridge between iOS devices and printers. Um, or I'm using RFID badges to control access to the building. Well, I better find a printer that supports the same system or supports the same RFID badges, um, or I have a highly divided network. I better find a print solution that can deal with the network. So one way to do this is tell the customer, okay, or not tell the customer, the customer basically goes out and, 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 and finds it. Does this work with this? Does this work with that? But the better approach is for vendors to provide this ecosystem to say, look, we see us in the center of the system. Of course, every vendor does that. But here are our connections to all these other systems that you might already be using or that we would recommend you use because they have been vetted. They're working with our interfaces. And we see ecosystems across the board um, a lot on, on, on the technology side. Uh, they're very powerful and they're very, very great um, yeah, multipliers for, for, for sales as well. Um, but they're also very good for educating customers and making recommendations so that later on the customer has fewer problems. And with fewer problems is happier with your brand or with, with your um, product that you offer them. And that's why I think yeah, ecosystems are really important. We started the Cloud Printing Alliance, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, where we said, okay, like-minded companies that want to use the easy or the simprint based APIs for printing through the cloud can do that. Just join our alliance and you get access to that API. And we have like 30 something members on that printer manufacturer, software manufacturer. Um, we have uh, catalog systems for shared office spaces so that they maybe can then offer printing in various spaces. Um, so there's a real need for the industry to basically use common interfaces to provide a bigger benefit to their customers. And that's why I think yeah, ecosystems are extremely important for the manufacturer as well as for print solution providers. And I see the manufacturers more, I mean the printer manufacturers, more and more breaking up their monolithic approach to we do everything ourselves. Um, It has become easier and easier to implement your solutions directly with their printers. Um, I would say 10 years ago, there was a different story. Each one of them wanted to have their own island and didn't like the bridges because that could mean that a consumer might replace this island with that island, this vendor with that vendor. And obviously that's not, it wasn't in their interest back then but i think they're opening up to that idea
0: yeah and i think that kind of proprietary approach isn't really sustainable anymore in this you know today's kind of open ecosystem it environment so you know that's yeah. definitely makes sense to have that broader ecosystem across so many vendors and software platforms as well but um yeah so i just had um so that's been great it's been a really interesting conversation covered so much um i just wanted to find out what's next for easy you know you talked a bit about your your different approaches um in the market but what's next in terms of your your strategy um you know particularly around cloud printing
1: yeah we will continue our our simplification and automation when 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 when, when i started to with as a, C, as a ceo of easy um our motto was can somebody else do that and that's something we see in a lot of industries a lot of areas but especially printing when we tell a customer yep you need this printer you need to install this driver you need this and they said well Why do I need to do that? Can somebody else do that? Um, And that's basically will will be our motto for the foreseeable future. Can we take other parts of printing that the user or the administrator or the company have to do at the moment and automate them, simplify them and offer them as part of our cloud service. So that will be our focus here, definitely going on. And we will enhance um, the easy platforms with additional features. We will grow them closer together. We will migrate them into one platform. And right now they are still two separate platforms. So we'll grow them together into one powerful platform with additional features. Um, For example, um, pull printing is something that we're adding right now to 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 the newer platform. Um, obviously, the integration with with um, shared workspace, software providers, these kind of things we will I- increase and continue to work on that ecosystem. Um, but we also will increase our partnership with um, managed print service providers, um, with uh, service providers, uh, because we see also that there's a extreme value for them to add a cloud printing solution into their portfolio um, and overall provide managed services and managed print services with very reasonable overhead costs by utilizing cloud print management. Uh, so that's basically where we're going. Um, I see a very bright future, um, even though, um, as I said, the cost is, is under scrutiny when it comes to printing. Um, the need for printing um, in general is, is not really going away. And that's why I think Easy as a cloud printing solution is, is a perfect fit for this kind of market and this kind of flexibility we need at the moment
0: well that's great and um you're just on a final note you mentioned that you like traveling so is there anywhere in particular you plan to, to go to um
1: <laughs> well I, I definitely have to go back to berlin to see my family eventually so that's it's been a while um and I, I i miss tokyo i like tokyo it's a really nice city to spend a few days very exciting and then London, of course. I don't know. There are so many cities. I don't have a favorite.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's, um, it's great to sort of understand more about the thin print um, heritage and how EZIP is really offering solutions for, for the hybrid workplace. And, yeah, I look forward to hearing more um, about your products and your, your strategy over the coming years. So thanks again. For Absolutely. appreciate it. So thank you for joining today's In the Spotlight with Quo For more information, please go to quocirca.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining and I look forward to seeing you in our next episode.